0: Dot com, HackerOne.com.
1: This is InvestTalk. Independent thinking. Shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. And you know, the stock market is vastly different than it has been. We are still in a bear market. We have been in a bear market all of last year. It started, anyways, in January of last year. And here we are into May of the next year. So we're approaching about a year and a half of a bear market. And I would tell you this, most bear markets uh, don't last this long. They can be up to three years. It would not be a norm, abnormal to be up to three years, but it's a little bit different. It's not, you know, usually about a year of a bear market, and then you have a recovery, maybe a year and a half, and that's what we're approaching. So I think we're getting closer to the finish than most people believe. Most people believe it, you know, it was going to last longer. We're going to go into a recession. Well, I think we might go into a recession, too. I do. I don't think it's going to be that deep, though, if we, if we do. And I'm not so sure how impactful it will be on the market. A couple other things would be more impactful on the market, I think, is the, uh, the, the impasse about the spending uh, you know, ceiling that we have coming up and, and inflation and raising interest rates. That's much more impactful. But here in Invest Talk, this is uh, what we do. We try to figure these out things out, try to help answer questions you might have. Remember, you always have to look forward, not backwards. So We're looking forward. Uh, you don't want to dwell on, well, we've been in a recession. And it's still a recession. No, we'll, we'll get out of those. Re- if we're not in a recession. We're in a bear market. Uh, we were in a recession technically last year. There was two quarters in a row of shrinking GDP, but it didn't feel like it. But it was technically. Um, so uh, will we have another similar episode this year? I think that's possible. Yes, I think it's, I think it's more than a 50% chance of that happening. Okay? So, but we look forward. After that, this might be the best buying opportunity you're going to have for a while. Coming up. So we got to look forward. Okay, and for those who may be new to Invest Talk, you know, remember we answer questions. This is I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here to answer uh, any questions on this radio and podcast that we do every day, Monday through Friday, four to five Pacific time. And we always try to be very careful. We try to provide unbiased answers. We try to uh, give you the straight stock, straight talk about stocks and whatever else you're going to ask about. As long as it's financial, we'll talk about it. And I don't have any hidden agenda. Justin and I never have anything we're trying to push on you. We don't do that. I don't want to do that, and we'll never do that. And, you know, the investing situation today is vastly different than it has been in the last previous few years. It's just different. You're going to have to learn how to deal with it. It's okay. It's not anything to be frightened of. Mark The stocks, stock market is the best place to invest. There's no other place that is so uh, resilient. But there are periods, like we're in, where it feels like it's just not going to work. Okay? But it will. Just want to be patient. you got to start picking your spots. Someone asked me the other day, how much cash should I have? Well, you we need some cash. We want some cash on the sidelines so we can put it to work at the opportune time. And I see a few, I see stocks that are look pretty attractive to me. So, so I'm, you know, I'm starting to put the money to work. I might be early. Better early than too late, though. So, this is a call and show. I want your calls. I expect you to call. And anything financial we'll talk about in the numbers, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My focus point today, is the IRS really hiring an army of auditors? It's getting way political. And it's, a lot of what you're hearing is not true. So, we'll try to drill down to some of the truth in that. They do have lots of money, and they are going to hire a bunch of people. But, you know, I think everybody thinks it's going to be in addition to, well, we'll get into it, and it's it's just not what you probably think, okay? I also want to talk about some of the stats out, especially with the Fed fund rate going up a quarter point today. What does that mean to everybody? What does it mean to the market? You know, what does it mean going forward? Um, and did you notice uh, also there was two more small banks that, halted trading today? Banks, small. What have I been warning you about? And Generation Z and millennials say they are worth seventy-one to $80,000 in salary. What's the median? What's normal? Are they worth that? Those are things I'd like to talk about. If we can can talk about them, I hope you have time to talk about them. The market was down today. Dow down two hundred and seventy. Uh, the uh, Nasdaq down fifty five. And S P down twenty nine. I hope you noticed that the fall was after the announcement from the Federal Reserve that they're raising rates by quarter point. So you know that's when the market started to started to fall apart. So so um, I had to turn off the phone. Sorry, everybody. Um, so, but that's what we're going to discuss. What's on your agenda, though? You drive the show with your calls. So make your calls. So let's go ahead and take our first voicemail call.
3: Hey, I'm interested to buy shares of this stock for a dividends and price appreciation. Can I have your opinion? The stock is
4: R-I-O.
3: R-I-O. Thank you so much.
2: Okay, this is Rio Tinto ADR, American Depository Receipt. That's what ADR means. That means it's a foreign company trading on our stock exchange, and this one is the New York Stock Exchange. It's in the mining and metal ores division uh, sector. Uh, it's out of the United Kingdom, a U.K.-based company with global interest in mining metals and industrial minerals. Okay, Um the company makes money; has made money for a long, long time, years and years and years. Sales have been selling; for sales have been falling for the last four quarters, for last year. Okay, and I, I would suggest that sales are not falling, but the price of the iron ore and, and some of the materials are falling. Therefore, it looks like sales are falling, but you know, I don't think that's necessarily. True. I mean, they have a 9.5 inventory turnover ratio. It means inventory turns over nine and a half times a year. That's some. That's a. That's a lot. They pay a really nice dividend, at 11%. Can they pay that? It's a $62.01 stock. So, can they pay 11%? percent only making $6.61 next year. They made $7.48. They're going to make that this year. Last year they made seven sixty two, so earnings are going down. But can they afford that eleven uh, percent dividend? Probably, they probably could because cash flow, free cash flow, is ten dollars and seventy one cents. Even though that dividend is more than their earnings, they probably could, and I wouldn't expect them to. I would look at their see if they long term have that ability. The return on equity is very good at twenty four percent, and they don't have a lot of debt. I like that a lot. Management owns one percent. Mutual funds are steady. No, no, not more or less. It's a hundred billion dollar company, so it's big. Um, I probably would wait. I think you're going to get a better buying opportunity than sixty two dollars a share. It rose recently. I mean, back in. December, January, it was almost $80 a share. Now it's $62. I think it might go down to the $50 area. And I think I, someone called about this a week or two or three ago, and I think I said then wait till about a $50 area because that's where there's strong, strong support. It's a good company. So, I'll, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind you having it in your portfolio because I do think they'll pay a decent dividend. I don't know about 11%, but a pretty good one. We're headed into a break. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we love taking live calls. Our number never changes and it never closes. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart.
5: When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, How do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times.
4: Just wanted to get your opinion on J.P. Morgan and BAC. How do you see this? uh, Looking forward I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds.
5: And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading
0: so cheap, because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley.
2: I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson food, this is where I'd buy it.
5: Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers, so don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart.
2: 888 992 4278. We're going to talk to Paul in San Francisco. How are you doing, Paul? I'm here again. Good. Um, I was- I want to talk about gold and silver as an investment. I see a lot of these commercials for these one of those celebrities and actors and actresses. that are actually the gold and silver, and I think it's not a good investment, but it's probably been in cash. So, what do you think about those? People should, shouldn't buy that, I think. Yeah, gold. I, I I know there's a lot of gold bugs out there, but gold is one of the worst long-term investments there are. In this, you know, as far as gold and silver, there, you know, if you talk about ten, twenty, thirty years, to compare that with the stock market, and stock market's far, far outperformed uh, that. Now, I will say this: I think gold has, had, you know, they've had a pretty good year last year. They had a terrible year. Uh, this year, they seem to be getting. Uh, gold seems to be. Getting better. It's two thousand sixty-two dollars and seventy cents closed today. Actually, this one is still trading. It went down ten cents just now as I'm looking at it. So um, it, it's got above the two thousand. It's it's right. It's right there, ready to break out above its old high it made. What was that? A few months ago, probably. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, not that many long ago. Um, so. Um, I, I think it's going to break out. I think it's going to have one more run. I said that last year, and it really didn't run last year. But I still think it's got one more run in, in it, and then I I'd get out. I mean, if you like, you know, you know, uh, Paul, gold is pretty to hold. Coins are really neat looking, and it's fun to have them and display them or put them in your safe because you feel comfortable. But as far as an investment, not so good. So. All right. Yeah, you know, thanks a lot for the call. I appreciate it, Paul. Let's go to Jean in North Carolina. Hi, Jean. How you doing? Hey,
3: Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I think maybe about five to ten years ago, the the credit agencies credit agencies they downgraded the U.S. Treasury, the credit rating of the U.S. Treasury, yes. like one notch from almost perfect down one yes. notch. Yes.
2: Yes. And I did. think
3: it might have been due to whether it's the overall deficit or maybe even this uh, debt ceiling type fighting of closing down the government. And I'm thinking that, you know, whether or not it closes down or not, just the fact that they're having a fight now over the debt ceiling, do you think that that might cause the credit agencies again to lower the U- the U.S. credit uh, rating and therefore uh, everything else being the same? It, it kind of dissuades foreign investment and it causes the U.S. Uh, into treasuries and causes that uh, that the treasury has to pay more interest That the, act, the actual interest that they pay have to be more to to attract such a uh,
2: to, to attract the foreign buyers of treasuries. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Uh, I think that it will. I, I do think it's a problem. If they let it go on where they can't come to a, a deal and raise a debt ceiling, I think you're going to see if the agencies. And by, by the way, don't trust the agencies. You know, if you remember right in 2008 uh, and in 2000 and 2000 with the dot-com, all those rated agencies and experts said to buy dot-com stocks. In 2008, they had the housing mortgages rated super high. Remember the CDOs and those things? And now, so don't necessarily buy into what they're saying. But they do affect the price of things. And I do think, as we get closer to this default and uh, next, the first of the month, that they could downgrade the U.S. debt by a tick. And I, But I think, more importantly, I think interest rates are going to rise for our debt anyways because we're getting so much debt. We It's it's still rising. What, we Six trillion more dollars in debt in the last couple of years? So people, you know, investors are going to look at our debt and say, well, yeah, U.S. is very strong, but, you know, they have a, they have a huge deficit and debt problem. And therefore, we need, if we're going to buy their bonds, we need more interest. And I think that's going to happen. I agree with you on that, Gene. I think it's going to happen. we headed into break. I welcome your financial investment questions, and you can do it right now. Call Investog, 888-99-CHART.
5: Stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So, how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk-alized quiz.
2: 888-99-Chart. That's the number. Give me a call. We'll talk about anything financial that you want to talk about. So, the, I'm, we're, the talking point today is, don't worry, the IRS isn't hiring an army of auditors. Okay, well, I think that's the, yeah, the IRS still isn't hiring an army of auditors. And here's how the agency is actually spending the $80 billion. Remember uh, the the last uh, the Inflation Reduction Act gave $80 billion to the IRS, so spread over the next 10 years. And the uh, big headlines was they're going to spend that money in Army uh, by um, um, hire a bunch of auditors. Well, they actually are going to hire a bunch of auditors because you got fifty thousand of them going to retire. So you got to hire those back. She's it's kind of misleading, you know. Don't you know? It's not. It's not. There may be more auditors. That's possible. But they're, it's more important that they're try to, uh, trying to upgrade their citizens' uh, systems, and they hired, hired about five thousand telephone workers because they only got to about eleven percent of the phone calls last year. The calls to the IRS—they're uh, trying to—they're trying to get better at answering their phones, but you know they're, they do a bad job. I don't know if you ever call up the IRS to try to get an opinion uh, something you can't—they they don't. It's just not going to work. Uh, they may uh, they may increase the audits for people making for over four hundred thousand, but actually the audit numbers have been reduced in recent year or two. Uh, so it's it's not what you think. You know, it's not all about auditors. Yes, they are going to replace the auditors that leave, and they may hire more. But it's it's not going to be an army. That's the point. I think we got to, you know, stop the rhetoric and you know just try to deal with the t- facts, the truth. And that's what both, you know, both sides of this political spectrum have trouble with. Okay? But you know, they haven't, you know, they're not going to they are going to hire auditors, but most of the money is going to replace the ones that are retiring. It's as simple as that. Okay? So don't get panicky about it. Not going to happen. Okay, let's go to a voice. Let's get back to an InvestDoc voice bank for a question that came in earlier. 888 99 chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Brent Davis. I'm calling from Sarasota, Florida. I've been a long
4: time listener, and I just remember listening one fateful day in October when Justin said, I think we've reached bottom. And ever since then, I've just been kind of paying attention and noticing that, in fact, that was prophetic. And I was just wondering, what did he see? that he could share with the rest of us that indicated that we had, in
2: fact, reached a bottom.
4: Thank you for your time. I'll
2: look forward to listening on the show. Thank you. Well, you know, I I remember talking to to Justin around that period of time, and we were discussing at length why we felt that the market probably uh, is done with most of its fall. And it fell about, what, 19%? The S&P 500 fell to 19%. The the, uh, tech-heavy NASDAQ fell more than that. Value stocks fell much less than that. So it was a range from like 10 11% fall to like 30% fall. But the S&P was about 19 And we felt, you know, that's historically about what it would fall in a bear market. A little less, maybe a little bit more, but we're getting close. We thought we were getting close. We felt that the the Federal Reserve is probably going to raise the rates a, a, a few more times, but are getting close to being done. And that we will see inflation this year start to come off its high, which it has. And we we were talking about this at the end of last year, what we projected for this year. Now, that doesn't mean we're, we're still in our bear market. It's still flumping around, having trouble getting off the ground. We may have a retest of the lows. It might go lower than the lows, especially if the debt ceiling issue doesn't get straightened out. You know, and uh, we go and default on some of our treasuries or whatever. Yeah, the market, uh, if you remember right, the last time that that happened was in back in the 2008 period. And when that, there was no agreement between the House, Senate, and the President about a debt, a debt issue, the market fell 7%. It was already in a bear market. Now, the market fell 7% in one day. The S&P 500 fell heavy in one day. And three days later they had an agreement on the debt ceiling that could happen again that could happen again so uh, it doesn't mean it will because no one knows you know if anybody ever tells you they know what's going to happen they're lying no one really knows but we both feel that the market is probably it probably is going to put it on the bottom this year test the rebottom, maybe that it made last year may retest that and may go lower but we're getting awful close so that's this is why you kind of start looking to buy something, okay? On the next invest talk, the story behind the question, could AI, artificial intelligence, change the way you manage your money? Even with AI an individual financial situations often comprised of hundreds of micro decisions. That's tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART.
0: Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls
5: live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Taylor in Oklahoma. Hi, Taylor.
0: Hi, how's it going?
2: That's good. Thanks for the call.
4: Hi, I was uh, calling about the ticker symbol MTB. I know you kind uh-huh. of to, to stay away from financials, but... Um... I think they've managed their uh like their risk really well, The cash flow looks a little better than most regionals. Um, just how kind of worried about their um, risk or their exposure to like the commercial real estate so I was just calling to see what you thought of this one
2: okay uh and i don't i'm not worried about all financials i'm worried about more specifically banks. You know, insurance companies and investment companies. I'm I'm not too worried about them, depending on what they, you know, what they're what they're into. But, and my worry is more about banks. Even though you know what kind of is frustrating, even the banks that went under, they weren't weak. They just had too much long-term treasuries on their books. Long-term treasuries supposed to be very conservative, but when the Fed raises interest rates seven, eight times in a year. it makes long-term bonds of any kind go down in value until their balance sheet's all screwed up. And then you had the run on the bank, and that's the run on the banks that you worry about. That's why I don't care for small and mid-sized banks because can they afford a run on their bank? Now, this is MTB, M&T Bank, a holding company uh, out of Wilmington Trust, uh, operating via 1,043 offices. Okay, so they have a lot of branches, And you look at their financials, just from a cursory look, That and that's about all I can give you, It looks they look pretty strong. Pays a 4.5% dividend. They're gonna make $16.40 a share next year. It's a $114 stock. So what's that, 7, 8 PE. And the range is 6 to 19, so very low. Return of equity is very good. They do not have a lot of debt, and usually banks carry a lot of debt. So that means it's pretty strong financially. So, from a, the mutual funds of holders, they didn't add or subtract uh, in the last year. They uh, the number of mutual funds holding the company, and they hold about fifty three percent of the stocks, which is not bad. You want institutions holding. So, from what I can see, this is a pretty strong bank. But they still, you know, what will happen if the if if the banking industry if we have another crunch they this bank will get crunched it no matter what because it will just people would panic out of all banks but um this link looks pretty strong from what i can tell okay thanks for the call that's mtb thanks taylor appreciate it on the next invest talk the story behind the question could artificial intelligence change the way we manage okay get it that's going to be the next time on next on talk but today, okay, I want to go over some of the stats that came out this week and some came out today. And the one that came out today that was impactful to market was the federal, funds, uh, federal Reserve met and they raised the Federal Funds rate another quarter point to 5%. It hasn't been that high since 2007, by the way. Do you remember what happened in 2008? Recession. Okay, but we also had ADP new jobs report from the ADP. We'll have the official jobs report on Friday, okay? But the ADP said there was 290,000 private jobs created in April. They expected 133, and last month it was 142, and it was 290. That's a pretty strong number. April – uh, PMI, 53.6. They expected it to be 53.7, and it was 53.7 last month. Anything above 50 is expansion in the economy. The ISM services number, 50, uh, 51.9. They expected 51.8, and last month it was 51.2. So it strengthened a little bit. So economically speaking, numbers are pretty strong, not really – telling us we're going into recession so far we don't see that we don't see it now the federal reserve may not like that they want to see weakness to bring down inflation that's their whole goal so these numbers are not necessarily things that the federal reserve wants it's really kind (laughs) of the federal reserve has a tough job they're supposed to fight and keep the dollar strong, keep our full employment, and reduce inflation. And many times, those goals are not conducive to each other. They're not, you know, you can't fight inflation and keep an, a strong economy because a weak economy will reduce inflation. Therefore, raising interest rates will reduce you know the activity in the economy, and that would reduce inflation. But then you're you're uh, you're promoting more unemployment, and you're promoting a less vibrant economy. So it, it's they have a tough job trying to balance all these things out. So now, I I get quite mad at the Federal Reserve quite often because I think they're they they're reactive and not proactive, very much almost all the time in my mind. Okay. Okay, and did you see that two more small banks uh, were halted in trading today? PacWest Bank Corp and Western Alliance Bank Corp. These are small banks, okay? Mm, But banks are at risk. You know, these smaller banks, small and mid-sized banks, are at risk because there's no fear of too, too big to fail. See, the federal government won't let big banks go under. They'll come and save them. If you're a small bank or a medium-sized bank, the government could let them fail, and you know that's okay with them. But if they're really big, then they're not going to fail. Remember, they bailed them out before; they'll bail them out again. I really think that's dangerous precedent to bail out banks because, uh, you know, then they're they take on more risk than they should. But you know, the reason why these banks are weak is mostly because of rising interest rates, and of course, that's the Federal Reserve doing that. And doing it quickly, less than a year. They didn't, you know, this has been pretty fast increase in rates. So, anyways, for those who may be new to Invest Talk, let me assure you that I am always careful of what I say and make sure it's an answer that is as accurate as I can be and it's unbiased. And there is no hidden agenda here on Invest Talk. We don't have one. I don't want to have one. I want to be uh, as frank as I can with all the all the public out there, all the listener audience. Um, and of course, and your questions really drive the direction to show, right? You do. I don't, I don't drive it, you drive it. One thing I can say for sure today though, and uh, that is invent- the investment situation is vastly different than it used to be. For decades it was a lowering interest rate environment and that was very healthy, very uh, pro uh, growth, and the growth stocks benefited the most. Well now we have high interest rates. And debt is no longer what we want to see, and borrowing money to to get growth is a lot more expensive. So value stocks are really in in phase. Last year, they did they even though they went down, they went down much less than the overall market, and dramatically less than the growth stocks. And they're still outperforming. So I think you got to be aware of that. Okay, so we. Because we do, I think the inflation is going to stay. I don't think it's going to. I do think it's going to come down, but the Fed announced today they want their target of two percent inflation. I don't think we're going to see that for several years. I don't think so. I I don't see it for for the foreseeable future. I see maybe four, five, some four, four and a half. Uh, I think we're just going to have elevated inflation. There's a variety of reasons why we think that, but I I think it's going to stay fairly high. Um, So. You need to stay focused. Focus, okay? You have focus on the current environment that we're in. And remember, it's different. So be aware and adjust your portfolios. doesn't mean you get out of the stock market. It means you adjust them. You can talk about it. All you have to do is call me, 888-99-CHART.
1: In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk. Invest Talk is a free download, 24 7, rain or shine. The Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. 888 99 Chart.
4: Hi, Stephen Justin, longtime caller here from the Midwest. I've been looking for a I guess, a home building or something in the building sector for a while and haven't been able to find a quality individual stock. So I have found this ETF fund, and I would like your thoughts on it. It's a ticker symbol of XHB. I'm considering just uh, putting a percentage of my portfolio or taking a position, I guess, like a 5% into it, and just um, hanging on to that for a long-term it pays a small dividend, I've learned, and I believe its holdings are pretty good ones in the building sector and home building and so forth. I would love to know what your thoughts are on this strategy and if this is a good ETF to place money into and hold for a long period of time. Thank you for your thoughts and consideration. Have a good day.
2: Well, I think the sector on long term is is a pretty good sector. This is a, an ETF exchange-traded fund. Remember, you know uh, what an ETF exchange traded fund means. It, it's this one tracks the Standard and Poor's Home Builders Select Industry Index. Okay, so you're you're investing in home builders. is basically what you're doing. And the home builders is a very cyclical sector of the market. And interest rates are rising. Mortgage rates are probably still going up. I think they've come down a little bit a month or two ago. And we'll see what they do in the future. I think we've seen the peak in mortgage rates, and and if you if you notice, last week we talked about new home construction, and it was quite high. So the builders seem to be doing pretty well. It's only if we go into recession that this this will not do well. Okay. Uh, It's trading at $70.73 right now. The high was a little about $82, $83, and that was at the beginning of the year or the end of last year, Um, and that was the high. The low was in COVID low, was around $25 a share. Okay, and here it is at $70.73. The most recent low was around $51, $52 a share, and that was back uh, just a few months ago. So, um, now it's come off that. I, th- you know what? I, I'm I'm a little I'm worried about this sector right now. Uh, I, I'm just worried about the sector. I think I think you need to be patient. I think you want to see it retest its recent lows, which is you know fifty fifty one fifty two, uh, and if it holds those lows and come off, then I'd be a buyer, because you're buying the whole builders sector, okay? And you want to buy it when it's cheap. It's not cheap right now. It's not. It's not overly expensive, but it's certainly not cheap. Okay, and that's XHB, XHB. Okay, Generation Z and Millennials say they are worth about seventy-one thousand to eighty thousand dollars, and that's the salary they should get. Okay. However, the median uh, income in the United States is sixty-nine thousand seven hundred seventeen dollars. So that's way above the median income right now. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't get that money, but you know, you have to be in certain industries, and you know, your skills have to. Remember, yesterday we talked about the skills needed and and the skills gap that the employers say they're not finding those skills. You need to develop. Make sure you have those skills developed, and you'll be fine. And if you're in the right. You know, if you're in the right profession, you'll make that kind of money, and you'll make more than that. Be a lawyer. Most On average, most lawyers make more than that. Or financial services sales agent. Most of those make more than that. Or a web developer. Something in the tech sector. Many people make way more than that. So it, it depends on where you are, what industry you're in. Um but, you know, if you're just a, a regular job at a regular industry, you know, that's, that, that's probably a little higher than what is norm out there because the norm is 69,000, not seventy-one to 80,000. So just make sure your skills are sellable. You know, I've helped many people, many young people find jobs. And, you know, it comes down to being very positive, comes down to knowing what you you do and your knowledge base, and and make sure you have the skills that they're looking for, you know, uh, and demonstrate the skills. Um, For instance, I know if you're going for an interview with a company, you should study that company. What are they doing? What's their? What's where are they going? Are they expanding? Are they shrinking? Are they on the cutting edge? Who is in charge of what? What areas of that company is, is growing? And you can talk to that. And employers are very impressed if you know something about their company. And you can. It's easy these days to learn something about the company. Just go to the internet. You can learn a lot about any individual company out there. You know. Uh, so. You, there's there's ways you just don't go into an interview. Oh, I don't know anything about it. What you know, uh, Work. What kind of job is it? No, you, you, know, you got to be more upbeat, more positive, and know know what kind of job, what kind of company, where they're going. You know, uh, you know, drop a name or two of the head honchos, so that the interviewee says, Hey, this guy has a lot of interest in my company, so maybe I should hire him. Think about that, guys, girls out there. Think about it. We're moving into a break. I'm here now and taking your calls live. This is way, this, you know, this is an interactive call-in show. And you know that. We've been around for 23, 24 years. So give us a call. 888-99-CHART.
5: Every Invest Talk podcast is made better by your questions, so don't forget to call. And if you've never called, Justin and Steve are waiting now for your finance and investment questions. Invest Talk, eight 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 ninety
3: nine chart. Hi, my name is Ernie
5: Magdaleno, and I'm calling from Riverdale, California. And my question is on GLPI ticker symbol. Simber- I did a screener and this comes up on a REIT and it's in the casino and hotel business. Fundamentals are really good. I'm just wondering if uh, that office or the commercial real estate that Charlie Munger was talking about affects this business at all. And I was just wondering what you think about it and what's good
4: support level to get in. Already on about a half position. Thank you.
2: Well, I like where they are. This is Gaming and Leisure Properties, GLPI. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, engaged in owning, acquiring, developing, managing, and leasing gaming and related facilities. So I like that area because it's kind of recession-proof. But you know what it is not proof against? Rising interest rates. They have a lot of debt, which would be normal for a REIT because they you know, they build properties, so they, they borrow money to build properties. And a lot of that debt... You know, I've been talking about it for several weeks now. Uh, you know, it's going to be have to be refinanced at much higher rates than it was before. And so, how much how much damage would it do to this industry if they have to refinance their properties now, and at much higher rates? And can they handle it? Now, I happen to feel that they could. But they do have a lot of debt, and it makes me nervous. Other On the good side, the good side, they pay a 5.7% dividend on that. The earnings the next year of $2.80 on a $50 stock. Looks like they're going to be able to be close to that again. Remember, a REIT has to pay 90% to qualify as a REIT. They had to pay 90% of their income out in the form of a dividend. And this rate is 5.7 now. It might drop a little bit next year, but it's, pretty, it's probably going to stay around 5%. Cash flow is very good at three sixty four three dollars sixty four cents. to equity is very good at twenty percent, but as I said, they have a lot of debt. Management owns five percent of this thirteen billion dollar company. That's pretty good. Mutual funds have went from seven hundred eighty three different mutual funds owning this company to now a year later one thousand thirteen, and this has held up very well during the finan- you know, during last year's. Uh, bear market, so it's got, and it's still growing in sales. So it's got a lot of pluses, but it's the refinancing the debt. What I would do is check out their debt. How much is that debt's coming due in the next few years, and how much do they have to refinance, and how much is going to cost them? How much increase in cost are they going to have to absorb? That's where that's where the danger is in any REIT that we talk about. Okay. But it's a good it's a good company. It's a good call. When people take time to leave an InvestOp Podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them, as you know, that's a courtesy, and get to their questions quickly. So this is from Brute Don and he wants to talk about ASH. ASH is Ashland Company, uh, out of Wilmington, Delaware distributes specialty materials to a wide range of markets including adhesives and architectural coatings and his question is Ashland chemicals caught my eye but seems a bit expensive you know looking at the forward pe with earnings of $7.12 okay i got $7 next year but with a pe all over the place i'm not sure a good price to pay okay right now it's at $90.27 okay so it fell sharply today, sharply today, and I want to know why. It fell from over you know $100, so it fell like 10%, 11% today. And that should scare you. My guess would be earnings came out, and they weren't that great. That would be my guess. But I would really, uh, it might be oversold at this point. Um, I, I really would like to know why it fell so hard today. It's going to make $7 next year. Your estimate is seven twelve. So you know, remember my 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 estimates are a accumulation of a number of experts who come up with the numbers and we average it. Um, the current PE is like seventeen and and their their PE range is sixteen to thirty three. Current equity's kind of low at eleven. Debt is pretty darn low. Um, Uh, But, you know, I want to know what happened today. You need to find out what that is and is it a long-term problem, okay? Ashland. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us. It's all free, free podcast downloads, free. We really would appreciate it. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if that's how you download our show, our podcast. And we have now surpassed 52 million downloads, and we do appreciate that. And please remember to follow us at InvestTalk, that's with two T's, on social media. Invest Talk, no space, two T's. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Good night, everybody.
1: InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial.